For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey, IDP Army. Ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, welcome to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, part of the Semi-Pro Fantasy Sports Podcast Network. I am back, We've kind of been eh, kind of shaky, not really doing a podcast every day, but welcome back. I'm Billy Mansell, at Ombre Vendor on Twitter. It is nice to have you in here today. I am excited. The draft is almost here. My quote-unquote year uh, for this draft class is just about over. 2023 starts in about three weeks, but without you know, before we before we go forward, before we end this draft class and draft cycle, basically, I wanted to look back, kind of see where we started on on this journey, where we started at the uh, beginning of week one of the college football season, uh, to where we are now, because I think there's some interesting lessons to learn exactly, you know, how we viewed certain players then versus now, because I think there's some names that have stayed at the top the entire time, while there's other players that have just come kind of screaming out of nowhere to kind of take over the draft scene. So uh, we got some quick draft hits in the beginning of the episode, and then I'm going to take a look back on the season that was for this draft cycle. It was a really fun one. 2023 starts in a couple weeks. I cannot wait to get started on that draft class over the summer. It'll be fun to get into that. But first, let's tailgate. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right. We are almost at the draft. This is exciting. Um, when we kind of started and formulated this podcast last summer, um, the kind of idea of it was to kind of just get everybody on the same page for their dynasty drafts that were going to happen um, in May and June throughout the summer for the next following year. So um, I feel like we've done a good job so far. I like uh, sharing this notebook out loud with you all. I feel like I've gotten to know these players really well. I feel like I've gotten to know who the misses were, who the hits were, um, and what I can look forward to and what we can look forward to in the next cycle that maybe uh, we didn't see as much in this cycle or things that maybe are going to happen next year that aren't going to happen this year. It's a much better draft class next year. Um, there's a little, you know, we'll get into it. I, I'll save all that because when we get into the 2023 class, I'm, kind of wanted to hit it full force so um but first let's get into a couple notes so we finally got to see Derek Stanley work out it was phenomenal it was a phenomenal workout he finally worked out at the LSU Pro Day 
um, down there. He had several suitors that were there watching. Um, the, the question marks aren't. I, I, it's it's again the workouts, the measurements. They're they all look beautiful. I I, I am never one, and I I don't feel like I've said on this podcast that he's ever going to miss out on the tests when Derek Stingley tests. At whether it had been at the combine, whether it had been whenever he got healthy from the foot injury, which was a Liz Frank injury. I'll give it to him. I'm not going to lie. I recklessly speculated that he was faking the injury to get out of the mess that was the LSU football season um, because that was a total train wreck. And I could not blame a player that was projected to go in the top 10 of getting out of that mess while he could so he could start um, start dealing and ready, getting ready for the draft. He had the surgery for the uh, injury and he looks like he's finally back. He tested off the charts. The problem isn't the tests. It's, is he 2019 Derek Stingley? Was that him? Was that his actual ability to play all the time? Or was it more the 2020 and the couple games he played last season in 2021? Was that more what we were looking for or looking at? Like, was that actually him? I'd like to think it's more towards the latter because that 2019 team was more of like an NFL football team. If you go back and look at all of the people that were on that, you got Patrick Queen. Um, I'm pretty sure Devin Bush was on that team. And then all the offensive players, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, the list goes on of how many people were on that team that were in the NFL. So if you think that him being surrounded by that amount of good talent um, – that was kind of where he was. That's kind of how the, what kind of player he is. I think that maybe you can project that's what he is going forward. Like I said, to, he killed the test in the workout at the pro day. So I don't think that his stock is not going to fall anymore. So I've seen him go as low as like 15 or 16 um, to like the Eagles. And I've we've even on the Offensive Points podcast, we've even talked about um, how he could fall to the Eagles, and that's kind of where his slide would stop if it, it did. I could see him jumping back up. I still think Ahmad Gardner is the better cornerback. Um, is he better than Trent McDuffie, though? Probably. And I, I think that he might get drafted that way. It's nothing against Trent McDuffie. It's just Derek Stingley was, you know, if we looked back at him two years ago, three years ago, we were going to project him going, you know, in the top five because he's one of the most special cornerback talents we've ever seen. So I think that he could go, I think top 10's back in the back in the cards. I don't want to think that he's going to slide any more than that. It's potentially he could go to like 11 or 12, you know, the Vikings. I don't think he passes the Vikings at this point. Let's put it that way. Uh, the Vikings need cornerback help. Derek Stingley's on the board. I've had him projected to get Trent McDuffie this whole time. I think Derek Stingley could be a perfect player for them. Um, to pick up if he can reach a ceiling again, if they can maximize what he's able to do, then I think, you know, we could put all of it to rest. We're probably going to look stupid in three years when he is, you know, we got Stingley Island or whatever his, you know, I, I don't know what uh, branding he'll come up with himself. Maybe we'll look stupid and look foolish going back and, and, and looking at that. But I don't think any of our concerns were unwarranted. That's the thing. Uh, he was not very good in 2020. It was a COVID season. So, uh, you know, it was kind of a weird year as far as evaluating talent anyway. And then this year, we only got a couple of games for him before that the LSU program imploded. So uh, I guess, you know, Derek Stingley's a good player. 
I'm personally probably not going to be the one like I think, you know, and obviously in rookie drafts, you're going to kind of get thought of it's going to really be used how he's used in the uh, defense to see exactly what kind of player you're going to get as far as IDP goes. But as far as the actual draft goes, there's Stanley's going to be fine talent. I'm happy that he's uh, climbing back up because um, he's had such a precipitous fall that it's kind of been uh, weird. So from moving on to one injury to another, we're going to talk Drake London. Um, he's still, he's pushed back his pro day. Once again, he was supposed to work out on, uh, I believe it was this, I believe it was today, the sixth that he was supposed to work out. He didn't, he's pushed it back another 10 days. Um, does it worry me a little bit? I can't lie to you. It, it does. It, it, it makes me feel like, is he going to be a hundred percent then? Because he, th- there was an idea that he might be ready for the combine that seemed a little far fetched, but he wasn't. We thought for sure he would be there for the pro day. Still was unable to do that. He had a special pro day plan for today. Back that one up another 10 days. So there's really no more room for him to back it up anymore. He's got to do the one in 10 days. And it'll finally be a chance for teams to check out what kind of talent he is. Uh, Mind you, this is supposed to be the first wide receiver taken off the board. If you watch his film last year at USC, if you watch, like, I, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, I have gushed over Drake London for the longest time. I think that he's like a six four slot receiver, and we just watched a nearly six four slot receiver win the uh, Super Bowl MVP. So I think that uh, there's a chance, and he he weighed out perfectly. We're just gonna have to see how his legs are. That it's that ankle that he broke that he's going to have to come back from. Um, I'm not positive. It, it does make me a little nervous, and I can see definitely when you go into your rookie drafts, it, you know, if he gets drafted as the first wide receiver, you, you're you not going to feel dumb taking him one, two, or three in your uh, rookie draft, depending on, you know, even if it's super flex, I still think that he should go over, you know, I, I would personally still take him over Malik Willis. I'm not sure uh, this QB class I know there's a lot of love going into it. I get it. And people are like, oh, the hate's gone too far. I get it. I don't think there's a lot of like generational starters that are going to be there in five years in this class. Malik Willis, I think he might be just a flash in the sky. You know, he's going to be really athletic, really raw. And if somebody can develop him, then sure. But if he goes to a bad team, he's not going to get developed well. It's just, it's just the name of the game. I mean, if he ends up with like the Lions, for example, and sits behind golf, what like that's going to be? It's, it's the literally the exact same situation Baltimore had with Flacco and Lamar Jackson. It's like you're going to have to completely change the offense to fit Malik Willis's play style because it is not what Jared Goff's play style is. Let's just get that off the board right now. So if that's the situation he ends up to with Detroit, not great, um, but. To kind of wrap up on Drake London, we're going to see how he tests uh, in 10 days. Um, April 17th is when his pro day is planned. Believe me, you will see it on Twitter um, because everybody will be freaking out over what he is e- either in a good way or a bad way. We will see. I, I'm I'm curious to see exactly how that goes because I love the player. I'm really excited for him in this draft, and he deserves to be the first uh, wide receiver taken. I would not argue anybody going with Garrett Wilson. 
Um, I've had Garrett Wilson since day one as the number one wide receiver in this class. I started to kind of let doubt enter my mind when it came to Drake London and Traylon Burks, but look, you know, at the end of the day, talent kind of trumps everything and that's what Garrett Wilson brings. So Drake London, I'm going to, you know, if he kills it, there's a definite chance he's going to number seven. I don't think, you know, he could potentially go higher. There's been chatter about that. Um, potentially somebody going up for him, but I think, he can. He does not pass the Falcons in, in as far as uh, where he gets drafted, which he deserves. That's that's exactly where what he deserves. So, all right. So I kind of wanted to do a different exercise today, since I'm I'm probably not going to do another. There's not going to be another tailgate podcast until after the draft. Um, it's it's nothing more than just me spilling the same kind of rhetoric you know and the same kind of quotes and what i've seen and stuff so rather than just like put filler podcast out i'd rather just like build up and start studying the 2023 class so that as soon as the draft's over i can just jump right into that and get everybody going on what's going to happen what to look forward to in the 2023 college football or 2022 college football season but the 2023 draft because i think that is something that we should all start thinking about. I don't, you know, if you're in a Debbie league, I'm sure you already know all the players, but you know, I just want to kind of start spouting some names out so that you kind of have a knowledge, a working knowledge of who we need to be looking at over the summer, potential like injuries that could happen, something like that. So without further ado, let's do a little like dynasty tailgate report card of uh wider C. I got all of the, the, where I was at in week one, September 18th. I've got it bookmarked right here of where I was at on these players um, as far as where I had them ranked and we'll kind of, I'm going to kind of just explain why they were there and where they are now. So the first quarterback I had was Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. So Lincoln Riley kind of took a sledgehammer to the Oklahoma uh, university football team. So Spencer Rattler did not get a full year to even demonstrate what I think what he was capable of doing. Lincoln Riley was really conservative in his play calling and it just completely annihilated Spencer Rattler's confidence. Now I understand a lot of people, like if you watch Oklahoma games, you're going to immediately say like, he's, he wasn't good. Like, what are you talking about? It like, wasn't there. The scheme was not right. It, it was not correct. It, it was very telling that once, you know, kind of Caleb Williams got in there and the play calling kind of went out the window. It's kind of like he called a couple plays and just kill it. Caleb Williams kind of, figure things out. It's kind of weird how the team started to play better under that, but I don't think it was because of Lincoln Riley. It was because he was kind of holding back when it came to it. So I still think Spencer Rattler is a strong quarterback. I'm happy that he's going back for another year. He ended up in South Carolina. That's a very good spot for him. He also got um, transfer Grant Cal, not Grant Calcaterra. One of the, the tight ends, Austin Stogner, that's who uh, went there with him to South Carolina. That's a, that's a fantastic football program. I can't wait to to see his development come this year. I think that it's good for him to get a breath of fresh air. That fan base is, a, is there's, I don't want to say South Carolina fans have no, there's no pressure there, but South Carolina fans, like what are you realistically expecting from this year? Other than just like letting Spencer Rattler cook. And I hope that's what happens. I hope that's what it is. The defense should be sound. They had a good one last year. And now that they have these pieces on offense, I think they'll be solid. Spencer Rattler will still be, I think, one of the top quarterbacks next year, which we'll get to when we get to 2023. Uh, my number two was Matt Corral. 
I don't, I think Matt Corral kind of wavered a little bit throughout the season. I still think Matt Corral is a strong quarterback. There, there's just a couple points in his game. The injury did not help at the end of the season, and I get it. He played through the bowl game because he wanted to play with his teammates one last time. I get it. He did it. He got hurt. Lesson learned, I think, for everyone out there. It's not like while it's commendable that they finish out what they started. I get the whole like they should play through the bowl game. Injuries also really suck, and it's really hurt Matt Corral this process because he's not been able to be out there i mean with all of the guys doing the drills and stuff and i think that kind of hurt him a little bit so i think matt corral's not going to end up until the second round at this point somebody might reach for him in the first round i could see the lions but see here's the thing about the lions like everybody has them at pick 32 picking a quarterback they have a pick two picks later like they have their own pick in the second round which is pick 34 and why would they not just take a quarterback then? Because they could pay them a lot less. Like it doesn't make any sense to take them in the first round, unless you wanted to lock up that fifth year, which I get, but I think you would take the cheaper option. And rather than, I don't know, I, I just, Matt Corral hurt himself this year, but he's still a great quarterback. He still will be up there. Uh, number three, I had Desmond Ritter. While Desmond Ritter, is a, he is a gamer. I, I will give him that. And he has vaulted up draft boards because people are value. Um, valuing his experience at the position. And I understand that. I, I get that. The problem with Desmond Ritter is he's not special at any one thing. He's just a really well-rounded, okay quarterback. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I, Tom Brady, when he came out of college, was similar to that. He had no one thing that was incredible. He was just really good at you know, figuring out on the fly how to adjust to certain things. And you know, it's ended up with him being the GOAT. Now, I don't want to project Desmond Ritter down that path, but I think that's what some that most GMs are seeing in him. And they're seeing that, okay, so this is a quarterback I could put into my offense right now, and things will work pretty much exactly how I want them to. You know, it's not going to be a Patrick Mahomes. It's not going to be a Joe Burrow. It's not going to be anything like that. You're not going to get the talent that is going to forever change it. But can I get it to stay in the same exact place it is right now? Like the Saints, for example, that would be a good team for him. Um, cause they don't need that much. They just need somebody who can hold it down. And so Desmond Ritter was a good pick or is going to be a good pick. I still caution teams taking him in the first round. I just, I think if you go in the first round of the NFL draft and you're a quarterback, you should have at least one special talent. And I don't think he possesses one talent that is overarching over all of the other, you know, he's pretty mobile. He's pretty accurate. He's pretty good at throwing he's pretty good at evading the rush he's pretty good at the deep ball like it's just pretty good and and i don't think that that's first round worthy in my opinion um i'll bust through the second our last three which is kind of hilarious now uh sam howell was fourth i did not love him coming into the season and i ended up kind of at the same spot I, I mean he's gonna end up in the second or third round and I think that's about right. I mean, we were trying to project him to go one, two in the draft at the beginning of the season. So it's kind of funny that this is where it is, but he's just, you know, as soon as he lost all those weapons, uh, Javante Williams, he, you know, all the North Carolina players that he had there, it hurt. And it, it led to him having Josh downs, which kind of gave us a good look at Josh downs. So I I'm excited about that for him, but it was not that good. Otherwise uh, five, I had Malik Willis, we knew that he was going to be good at rushing. We knew that he had a cannon 
attached to his body, which is an extremely exciting talent to have. But we weren't really sure exactly what that was going to end up with. And so Malik Willis ends up being the first player that's going to go in this draft. And it's because he possesses an elite skill, which is his uh, rushing. And most teams can see at least the framework of a player that they can mold and make better. And I can't disagree. There, there is definitely all of the makings of a great quarterback there. It's just who's going to be able to uh, get it out of them. All right. And the last one I had was Keaton Slovis. Not great. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't need to go much further. I did not have Kenny Pickett. And I think that should tell you that's where Kenny Pickett was at the beginning of the season. He was not even in the top six. And now people have him going potentially number six or seven overall. One special season, folks. Uh, he was there for five years. He had one good year out of five. That that I can't, you know, we can't hide. Those are the facts. Um, running backs. Uh, I had Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, Kyron Williams coming in or going into week one. Isaiah Spiller really had a bad, bad testing period in this offseason. I have seen nothing but bad about how he's looked. And we kind of had these problems during the season. So Devin Achain was there with him and they split a lot of work. And Isaiah Spiller never really had a chance to be, you know, you saw flashes of how special he could be. There was like a moment in that Alabama game where he just rumbled to the end zone. And we were like, okay, that's Isaiah Spiller that I want all the time. Like, what what can we do here? And I've just seen a lot of people backing away, just like kind of, you know, not really as excited for him as we thought. And on one hand, I get it. I get why that is. But on the other hand, there's still something there. And I think that it would be a mistake to write him off because of his testing ability. Because testing ability for a running back that's looked that good on tape, and I get it. He splits work. He's not always engaged. I get it. It's it's just not something you need to worry about. So Brees Hall, I had number two, who is now number one. I, he looks like a bowling ball Le'Veon Bell and I'm excited that he you know he might end up in the first round I would be excited by that no notes Brees Hall we were right he was going to be good uh Kyron Williams so he also is not tested well he ran like he had like boulders attached to his feet at the combine that wasn't great didn't love that um but he was always a pass catching back and we knew that we knew that coming in we saw it at Notre Dame it was nothing we weren't confused by what he was able to do there it was he's still going to be that guy at the next level. He's going to be the pass catching back out of the backfield. He's not a burner. He, you know, you're going to give him a couple rushes a season, not, not a couple, but you know, like maybe like two or three a game. You're not expecting him to explode through and score a touchdown. Like when we see that, I think it's going to be like, you know, field Yates is going to tweet out like, Oh, Kyron Williams just burned those guys. You don't see that very often. And that should make everybody nervous, but whatever. <laughs> it's beside the point. Um, next three after that, we had Zach Charbonnet, Charbonnet from UCLA, Zonovan Knight from NC State, and Tyler Alleger, Alleger, I think, from BYU. So Zach Charbonnet went back to school. Smart. That's going to be eh, – is it smart? I'm not sure. Uh, that's that's we'll, we'll put a pin in that because I think next year he's going to have a lot more competition to be the running back one, which this year I think he could have – like by the time we got to now with through his testing and everything, I think he could have been number two. Um, but we'll put a pin in that because we have 2023 coming up. Zonovan Knight, eh, he's okay. He, he didn't play great this season. And he had really good games. He had really bad games. 
And he's going to be a middling late round back that somebody's going to add. He's going to have a flashy couple <clears throat> of games eventually, and you're just not ever going to see it coming. You're going to pick him up off the waiver wire probably. No, no problem with that. Uh, Tyler Alighieri, I think, is a big sleeper in this draft. I still believe he had 1,600 yards of rushing this season. That wasn't a fluke. He was a very good running back. Uh, he's tested kind of middling, which is why he's kind of still way down the board on for some people. But I think he's going to end up being a steal. He's going to be one of those guys that we look at as like a fifth round back that like everybody's going to kind of like hype up a little bit before the season, I believe. All right. And notice I didn't mention Kenneth Walker. This is another, literally another situation with like Kenny Pickett where he had a great couple of seasons. We didn't know he was going to be amazing coming in, but obviously as the season went on, Kenneth Walker kind of stole our hearts and he's probably number two now behind Brees Hall. I don't, I think he has fallen that far or, Isaiah Spiller's falling that far, sadly, but Kenneth Walker was really good this season. Can't, you know, no notes. He was good. We weren't on him early enough, though. Uh, wide receivers, I'll kind of get, you know, we had a lot of these, so I'll kind of get through it because, you know, we were pretty dead on. Uh, I had Garrett Wilson, one, Chris Olave, two, Traylon Burks, three, Jahan Dotson, four, and Drake London, five. So, I mean, out of that one, kind of the only one that sticks out is Jahan Dotson. Um, I think Jahan Dotson, kind of the problem is he's a slot receiver. And he's going to be that at the next level, at least. And I think we kind of expected that not to be the case. Maybe when, um, you know, it just he played a lot better at Penn State, but I don't think he's going to be able to do that much at the next level. So Garrett Wilson, obviously, number one. We were on that the whole time. Wasn't confused. Chris Olave started out as number two. I just didn't love some of the, the looks from him this season. Just wasn't great. So I, you know, he ended up, he's ended up number four, which is not bad. We still are pretty close. Uh, Traylon Burks was number three, big bodied wide receiver, six, three, going to be a monster at the next level. I think is just a matter of how far he's going to fall. I mean, there's a lot of there. You're going to have to wait for this draft because between picks like 22 and the end of the first round, every team needs a wide receiver, um, so, you know, hopefully he goes before then, but if not, he's definitely getting scooped up. And if he ends up in one of those situations like green Bay, Kansas city, something like that, or even like the saints potentially like, you know, to be a featured number one wide receiver, watch out because that could be very dangerous and very good for fantasy value. Um, and then Drake London, I had fifth, uh, the problem at the beginning of the season was that his quarterback sucked. And once Jackson Dart got in there, we really got him more involved. So it was getting a little bit more exciting, but you know, he was good. 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 We like Drake London. He could potentially be the wide receiver one. Um, after that kind of a little bit of a mess. So I had Justin Ross who was hurt at the time. He's still really good. He's kind of falling away back though. And that's, that's tough. He, he didn't really ever recover. I mean, he hasn't fully shown that he's recovered from that injury yet, but we'll see. We'll see. John Mechie was after that. He got hurt. That's just a tough one. He fell in the draft because of that, and that's just a, a tough look for him. I uh, had Jalen Tolbert after that, South Alabama Jaguar. I still think he's a really good and underrated talent, and it, it, it's really going to depend on the second round or third round if somebody scoops him up and then had George Pickens after that. I think he could sneak up in the first round. He he tore his ACL in the offseason last year. He didn't get to play until the last game of Georgia season this year, and he looked okay. He didn't look great in that game, but he also, you know, he's coming off an ACL tear. You can't ask him to do that much, and he did the best he could. And I think that he's tested so well this offseason, and people have saw what he did before that. 
he could end up in the first round. There's a lot of wide receiver need at the end of the first round, like I said earlier. Um, quickly get to defense. So for defensive end slash D-line slash D-tackle, whatever you want to call it, had Kayvon Thibodeau one, DeMarvin Leal two, Jordan Davis three, Carl George Karloftis four, and Perrion Winfrey five. Kayvon Thibodeau has kind of fallen a little bit. I've I've had people tell me he might end up in the teens. There's no shot if he makes if if the Giants pass on Kayvon Thibodeau, they are making a huge mistake. And I don't see I see him going still number four to the Jets, but that's just me personally. Uh, Demarvin Leal wasn't great this season, and he has not worked out well. And it's kind of sad to see, but he he's kind of fallen off in a major way. Jordan Davis, love it, love it, love it, love it. He's going to go in the top twenty at least. And whatever team gets him, he's a plug and play. He might only play two downs. I've seen a lot of that, but whatever. You're getting a really great uh, D tackle, and yeah, you know those don't grow on trees. Uh, George Karloftis. After that, he's going to go mid round. I don't. No notes for him. I, I could see a lot of people were mentioning his uh, lack of sacks and stuff. But if you watched any Purdue games this season, you knew on that defense who was the one to watch out for. And it was George Karloftis. He had major plays in big games. And like against Ohio State, for example, George Karloftis was a major disruption in that game. And that was very exciting to see. So, And then Perrion Winfrey rounded out the top five. He's a sleeper. Uh, he's killed every workout he's been in. Senior Bowl, he was the MVP of the whole thing. I did not see any player that was as, wanted to be there as much as him. Uh, he was really great at the combine. There's just a great energy about him, and whatever like he's somebody you need to look out for in your IDP drafts. Just if you have a taxi squad, especially tuck him away because he there's just something about him, and I guarantee that you're going to hear it from coaches in the offseason during the uh, rookie workouts. Perry on Winfrey's going to stand out, and I, I'm just telling you now, you need to get ready for it. Uh, linebackers. We had Nicobe Dean. Uh, at the time, it was Adam Anderson, Mike Rose, Christian Harris, and Nick Benito. So I didn't have um, Devin Lloyd up there yet. He or he's gotten there now. So Devin Lloyd, my bad. Nicobe Dean still number one in my heart. Adam Anderson, yikes! Probably still going to get drafted this year. Keep an eye on that. I'm not going to get into it, but just keep an eye on that. Uh, Mike Rose, Christian Harris, and Nick Benito. Yeah. They're good, not great. And then DBs, Kyle Hamilton, Derek Stingley Jr., Kyer Elam, Lewis Seen, and Brandon Joseph were the top five for that. Kyle Hamilton's still in my heart number two overall. I don't think you can pass on one of the generation's best safeties. But somebody, you know, I've seen a lot of people that do because they don't want to pay a safety. Like, whatever. I just take talent over nonsense, in my opinion. Derek Stingley's still up there. Uh, Kyer Elam. Second rounder, third rounder, maybe. I still think second round, though. He's a very good cornerback. This is a very deep class for cornerbacks. Uh, Lewis Seen's also a second rounder, safety from Georgia. Uh, he kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit with, you know, one of the greatest defenses of all times. And then Brandon Joseph's a late-round player now, but at the time I was just expecting to watch safeties. Um, obviously, you know, we didn't have Sauce Gardner because I didn't know Cincinnati was going to have one of the best defensive backfields um, I've ever seen like, you know, between him and Kobe Bryant were just incredible, incredible defensive backs. Like literally go, if you need one, one game, if you're like, I really do not see what people see in uh sauce Gardner. I just don't get it. Go watch them play Alabama. 
Nick Saban was legitimately frightened to throw the ball on him or on that secondary. Like they ran and they ran and they ran. And I know Alabama fans are going to be like, well, that was the game plan because, you know, it made the most sense. That does not mean that you have to be scared. Like that's the thing. You do not have to admit that you are scared to throw the football in a football game that you should be clowning them easily. Remember everybody in Alabama was like, oh, this is easy. I don't even know why we're even playing stupid Cincinnati. Y'all were scared to throw the ball, and you need to admit it. <laughs> you need to admit it right now because if you go back and watch that game, they just pounded up the middle with the, uh, with Brian Robinson, which I get it. Brian Robinson, pretty good in that game. The O-line was dominant. But Bryce Young did not throw the ball in that game, and it was not because of – um the game plan being running it's because Nick Saban was not going to throw on two NFL corners on the outside. And, and a sauce Gardner was the, uh, the uh, number one that was in that backfield. So, all right, that wraps up the review of this season. I, to be honest though, I just kind of named off all of the players that we had there. We were pretty close. We were pretty close week one to now, right before the draft uh, starts, we were pretty close. I, I don't think, you know, if you were listening for this entire time, or if you are now listening for maybe the first time, we were pretty close. And if you want to follow along with 2023, if you want to keep up with who to look out for in the 2023 draft, I'm going to start that uh, the week after the NFL draft. I may do a little bit of a recap. I might do a little bit of a recap, but I am going to take a couple weeks off from doing the times tailgate. Um, this was a fun season. I, I, I'm still gonna, I, I don't know what to call it a season or a year, but like, you know, obviously the draft season starts from the summertime till right before the draft, because that's, you know, that's the year long of what we're doing here. So thank you all for joining this podcast for this year. I will be back in, like I said, three weeks. Do not unsubscribe from the channel. Believe me, I will be back in three weeks and we will get on to 2023 and we will start breaking down all of the players that will be in next year's 2023 draft. So go enjoy the draft. Look out for offensive points. Watch for Jordan's content coming up. I will be talking plenty of draft on the offensive points podcast, but we also are going to mix in a lot of regular fantasy football as well. Um, so we can, we got to have a lot of rookie content coming up on there just because it's that time of year. So thank you so much for joining. Uh, have a great rest of your day and don't forget tailgate. <laughs>